only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Let's get started. Welcome to the Ace of Geeks, Jasmine. Is this the first Hi. time we've ever had you on? This is the first time I have ever been on Ace of Geeks. All right. Um, well, one, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> How dare you? I've, I know. I've been doing this for years, <laughs> and I still have not um, used this opportunity to cater to all of my friends, some of my friends. So it's been very unfair, actually. The, uh, what's it called? Um... Uh, the nepotism does not fall <laughs> equally in all cases. That is all right. I am happy to be here now. Well, one of the Wait, reason- I take that back. I was in a Ace of Geese. I was in one of the very first ones at Kubla. Remember when oh, we all oh, yes, yes. And we all sat in the bathroom at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were taking that picture because we were all in a LARP together. That's right. Do you, was that the Star Trek LARP? I, do- I don't know. I'm not sure. I think I just kind of crashed. I don't think I was actually in the LARP, but we were in oh, this yeah, room yeah, with that true. huge yeah, freaking bathroom. It was like the bathroom the size of like an apartment. And so we all piled in and we fit yeah, like I 20 people. We still on have it. that picture. Yeah. It, it's up on our website. Um, listeners, if you want to go hunting for something <laughs> and have half an hour of free time, yes. <laughs> so the reason why you're on. Um, is because you are working on, a, a, frankly, an incredible project um, that we wanted to get not only uh, the, the noise out there about, but it, uh, this is something that I've wanted to know more about and see for a really long time. Ever since you've talked about this musical, I've really wanted to see and I never got the chance, so I thought this would be a good time for us to actually sit down and you to tell me everything you love about it, um, because then also that would... Yeah, inspire that same sort of interest in other people. Uh, I just know that when Mike listens to this, he's going to be rolling his eyes every other uh, sentence I make. So, <laughs> I almost never do this by myself. Um, so the uh, the reason why we're doing this now is because you are putting on your own version of 1776. It's a musical that, um, from what I understand, uh, took the United States by storm seven, eight years ago? No, this was actually written, I believe, in the 70s. Oh, really? Um, yes. Shows what I know. Tell me about this musical. Tell me why you love this musical. I take that back. It was written in 1969, and the, and the movie was uh, filmed in 1972. Okay. Um, so... I first saw this musical when I was in the sixth grade um, in class. We were learning about the Revolutionary War, and, you know, the teacher got out a video. And we were like, all right, you know, what could this be? And he pops it in. He gives it no introduction. And the very opening scene is a fabulous song entitled Sit Down, John. Um, and all of a sudden, we're seeing all of these men who are playing the Founding Fathers, including Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, John Hancock, and they all burst into song. And as you well know, Jarris, I am a huge fan of musicals um, and have I been... I know that. <laughs> and yes. uh, so I was totally delighted that our Founding Fathers were singing, and not only singing, but uh, the, the opening song... Um, is basically all of Congress um, telling John Adams, who um, I believe was, oh, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure he was the second president of the United yes, States. Yes, you are absolutely correct. Hurrah, yeah, 
think about that. I, Bam. You don't have to guess at these things. I do have an American history credential. Oh, even that's though right. I wish it were an Asian history uh, well, degree. Gosh dang it, college. <laughs> well, look, I didn't want to get it wrong just in case, especially since you're sitting right there. I'm um, not grading you. Excellent. Good. <laughs> so in any case, uh, actually, then all the more reason why you should totally love and check out this show. Um, so John Adams comes bursting in. He is trying to convince the Congress, uh, the uh, uh, the First Continental Congress, to declare independency from Britain, from England, um, and of course. Everyone, it, it, you know, the line is, sit down, John. For God's sake, John, sit down. It's 90 degrees, and mercy, John, please. It's hot as hell in Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he, so John is, you know, bashing everyone about the head. There's a whole song dedicated to how obnoxious and disliked John Adams was because he was so and stubborn and, and single-minded about was. it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, sorry, I hit my own mic. Uh, what, I, what really strikes me about this song is that you have this um, – incredibly emotionally uh, charged uh, scene that it not only plays through history, but plays through the entire mythology of our country that is played and overplayed in so many different ways. I mean, not only schoolhouse rock, but mm. um, it's used not only in politics, but in culture. These people have been pretty much made into gods. In fact, George yes. Washington was literally in art made into a god. Cool. Uh, you should go see the Capitol building. There's a painting called the... Um, What's it called? Uh, ah, I forget the word, but where he's rising up to the heavens oh, as wow. the values of the country welcome him and he becomes. There's actually, um, you know, it's funny because there's actually a very funny line in in the show where yeah. John Adams is talking about how, you know, no one's going to remember John Adams. It's just going to be Benjamin Franklin who will smoke the ground and outspraying George Washington fully clothed <laughs> and riding on a horse. And yes. no one's going to remember who the hell I am. Um, <laughs> Which is in many ways um, speaks a lot about the relationship of rivalry between oh, yes. uh, uh, Ben Franklin pretty much got to name what America was and who Americans were. He came up with the term Americans as a non-British uh, political group. Uh, but what I'm saying is that you have this incredible scene, but the song is really about their interpersonal relationships. It's Absolutely. the show starter, and what they're really starting with is, God, this fucking guy is annoying. We just <laughs> want to not have our heart rates raise any more than they already are because of the heat. Would you just shut up? Pretty much. Uh, that's incredible. Oh, it's so funny. It's it it's it's just delightful. And so the uh, um, so not only does it make our founding fathers put them kind of back as men, uh, I should say as human beings, um, but it I mean it also famously has one of the most intelligent uh, books of musical theater. Like that's well known um, because um, they it is historically accurate. Pretty much, they. I think they left out like they have everyone sign the declaration on July Fourth, which of course we know did not happen all in one day. It no, took several no. months. There were a lot of other people in the room who were not there um, because yes. they were off doing revolutionary things. So, like, they took a couple of little liberties for theatricality's sake, but they had to teach John Hancock how to spell his own name precisely. Um, <laughs> but um, for the most part, like, what is so amazing about this piece um, is that there are long, long scenes with no music in it. There's no underscoring. They don't burst into song in the middle of a debate. Um, they really just let these congressmen have their say. And that's very unusual in musical theater. Um, hello? Hello. Nope. Am I still here? Oh, good, good. We're still recording. So you're oh. saying that's very unusual. Yeah, it's very unusual in musical theater to have that long of a time without any music in it um, uh, so they really kind of get into the nitty-gritty almost like oh, yeah. west wing the first wing <laughs> yeah, the 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 original wing um <laughs> yeah. but yeah and they i mean they discuss property and uh you know land and you know most damningly slavery um oh, they i mean really Just... and what's so interesting is how there are a lot of similarities to our current parties and you can see where they yeah. came from. 
um, and you can see like the development and like what is going to lead into the Civil War. Of course, John Adams was very and originally in the Declaration. Thomas Jefferson had put in something about that about how about slavery and how it should yeah. not be a part of the new America. And we almost didn't have a Declaration of Independence because of it, because the South was like, look, <laughs> this is our, you know, this is our business and you can take it out or we're going to walk. And that <laughs> debate happens on stage. Um, oh, that and is awesome. It's, it's incredible. Um, and there's a song, there is a song called Molasses to Rum, which is about the triangle trade and it is the most haunting song. Sorry. No worries. Um, it's haunting. It's it's a really terrifying song, very powerful. Um, that's basically um, a Southern uh, gentleman is saying, you know, you put the blame of slavery on us, but you know, who sails the ships out of Boston? Oh, New yeah. England faces are on those wharves. It's not just us. We are all complicit in this. So who st they'll find the 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 final line of the song is. Hail Boston, hail Charleston, who stinketh the most. Um, it's it's bone-chilling, this song. Um, oh, and as we know, you know, in order to achieve independence, we the, the lines were cut um, about slavery. And, and of course, we had we to had wait to, until... Of course, accept. We had to wait until, you know, the 1860s. So an, almost another hundred years before that even got back on the table, which is horrifying. Um, so it deals with these issues. Now, on top of that, so there's the slavery issue, but there's also property where there were men of property who came to America so that they could have boundless property because they basically were like, yeah, from there to there is now mine. No one, <laughs> no one's going to argue with me, right? Um, and right. they didn't... It's not exactly well known, but a major reason why the people who were in the Sons of Liberty got into it is because the uh, British influences on uh, local politics were such that they were cutting them out of a lot of money. And a major uh, push for the revolution was this idea of, of property freedom, uh, especially because the British – um, we're absolutely going to um, observe the treaties they made with the Native Americans and after the Seven Years' War when they said we're not sending people past um, the uh, uh, Appalachian Mountains and the colonists were like, listen, Britain, that, that's nice for you, but we want to go west. Wow, yeah. Sorry, I kind of took... I'm sorry, teacher moment took over. No, no, it's good. <laughs> but... Um, Another thing, uh, something I, I really would like to drive at here is uh, uh, when, when you saw it in the classroom that day, did it capture your imagination or did you have to wait until you saw it in person? No, I actually didn't see it in person until many, many years later. Um, I think I was in high school when a friend of mine was playing John Hancock, um, actually in a production in Santa Barbara, the, the Santa Barbara Civic Light Opera. I don't even know if that still exists anymore. I'm going um, to assume, since we were in high school together, that instead of me forgetting this, you simply did not invite me and I am hurt. <laughs> uh, I think it might have been a pre-Jerris high school. There is moment. no pre-Jerris high school. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Keep going, keep going. But I'm a jerk. Um, no, I, it totally sparked my imagination. I just, I mean, I, again, I love musicals. I love, I, you know, I, I love intelligent writing. Um, and the fact that these people, like the, the character, what's another cool thing about the show is that it's very much an assemblage of character actors, you know, like every, you know, uh, one of these founding fathers, like, yes, there is an archetype, like, yes, Ben Franklin is like the jolly old guy with like a little witticism and a gouty leg. But they really, you know, they take those and they, you know, they ground them in the reality of it. I mean, John Adams was obnoxious and disliked, but what they do in the musical is they actually, they put in letters and they take, um, they're actually taken from actual letters that he wrote to his wife, Abigail, in Braintree. And they put them into these was beautiful... very much his equal. Oh, yes. Things. Absolutely. He needed her um, capabilities to... I mean, she really grounded him and kept him Oh, safe. yes. Absolutely. And you, that is apparent in their letters. Uh, I wish they had put a little bit more, but, you know. Yeah. Nonetheless. But they put the, they made these into these beautiful love songs. And it's at, you know, it's John and Abigail speaking to each other. And that really humanizes him because he is obnoxious and kind of a bull in a china shop. 
on the floor. And then he walks outside and he's talking to his dear friend, as he called her. And um, it's it's really humanizing. And I, I that really resonated with me as a kid. Um, and then when I saw it in person, it was just all the more glorious. I will admit the movie is like kind of long because, you know, they put in all these like shot like exterior sh- you know establishing shots in it and it kind of slows it down a little bit whereas in the As show the audience needs to know yeah not. you know i mean they probably could have done it a little more economically but eh. <laughs> i still enjoy it but i i, I know people who've seen the movie and they're like oh god it was so long i'm like well i don't know <laughs> I, I i mean i still think like the debates that they have are so interesting that they had them because they're, again, like I say, like, I think they're echoes of what arguments are still being talked about now. I mean, there's a song um, called Cool Considerate Men, which is all the conservatives who are worried, like, if we go to war and we lose, we lose all our property (laughs) and all our money. And I'm not willing to gamble that on your ideals. And there's... um, a back and forth between John Dickinson, who is, um, he's an adversary. He's, I don't know that there's necessarily like a bad guy <laughs> in the show, but he but is definitely, everyone's kind of bad exactly. You know, John Dickinson is definitely John Adams adversary in the show and they constantly needle each other. Um, and there's a point where John Hancock says to him, you know, fortunately they're not enough, there are not enough men of property in America to dictate policy. And Dickinson replies, perhaps not, but don't forget that most men with nothing would rather protect the possibility of becoming rich than face the reality of being poor, and that is why they will follow us to the right. Ooh, I mean, that is very interesting. Uh, and also, I think he actually said that. Right, yeah, no, I mean, there is... You know, again, they take these from history, and what's more interesting, another little trivia bit, um, in the movie, you ha- in order to see this song in sequence, you have to get the extended cut, because they actually cut the song um, for broadcast, and the rumor is that this came out in 1972, Nixon was in the White House, he saw the movie, saw that song, and didn't want it, asked that it be removed. Too darkly. Yes. Because it is basically, um, you know, part of the song is, we're the cool, cool, considerate men whose like may never ever be seen again with our land, cash in hand, self-command, future planned. We say this game's not of our choosing. Why should we risk losing, we cool, cool, considerate men? And they do refer to themselves as a conservative set. So, (laughs) it's kind of a damning song. Mm-hmm. Um, and rumor has it that Nick, that a, an edict came yeah. down from the president, like we don't want that song, and, and they cut it. And so. you really don't argue with Nixon. No, one wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to end up on that list. So, I so in any case, I just realized I talked a lot about the show. So, I yeah. saw this. Sh- I saw this play in the sixth grade. It captured my imagination. I'm an actor. I'm a character actor, but I'm also a woman. And I... Hold the phone. I know. No one has told me this. How long have we been friends? Why haven't I known this? Well, I kept it under wraps because I always <laughs> wanted to be in this show. And there are only two women in it. And they're the, it's Abigail Adams, as I mentioned, and Martha Jefferson, who has one song about wanting to have sex with her husband and then leaves. I mean, which is very cool, but again, the meat it's of not this... Po- that cool. <laughs> Well, again, the meat of this play is like the debates and like the different points of view and how are they going to get, you know, how do they convince the South to sign this? How do they convince John Adams to let go of this, of the thing of, of abolishing slavery in the declaration? Like what, you know, what happens? And it and, sounds like you really want to be in the middle of that. Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. Because again, it's so, do? I decided, consarn it. <laughs> That wouldn't it be wonderful if there was an all-female cast? And once you have an all-female cast, what to me what is great about that is, you know, <laughs> you've already kind of suspended the audience disbelief. So that also opens it up to actors of color, um, different sizes, different ethnicities, different ages. Because already, you know, I'm playing a 41-year-old man. So 
Since that obviously isn't true, like, what does it matter what else I look like? And what amazing emotional gymnastics uh, would a modern audience have to go through to see Jefferson played by an African-American actor? Precisely. You know, um, in our production, we didn't happen to cast an African-American actors, but we do have other actresses who are not white in the show. Excellent. Um, who definitely could not be, would not have been congressmen <laughs> in no, 1776. In which, um, only certain people could own land and only certain people with Were certain... people, according to the law. Yeah. Genitals. Yes, so, exactly. You know, it's unfortunate. Um, and it's, you know, a part of history that I think... So my whole thesis with this, and this is why, you know, the resultant of this idea, the more I talked about it, I, I, you know, I'm a loud mouth, as you might already have noticed from me yammering on this much long, much <laughs> is the more I talked about it, I, I started gathering people who were like, that's a great idea. I'd like to be involved. No, I'd like to be involved. Yeah, I'd like to be involved. And it grew and it grew. And I found so many like-minded people. I thought, you know what? I'm, let's do this. Let's, let's. You know, let's have a reading and see what happens. So we got, you know, I put out a call on Facebook. I said, hey, if anyone wants to do a little, like, reading in a living room, we'll all have scripts. And we'll, I'll, you know, my a friend of mine play piano for the songs. And let's just do it. And we got 50 people off the bat who were just play interested in just sitting around reading it. Wow, not it, in your living room, was it? That no, was we, no, we had, we ended up going, we had to rent a space. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, just from doing a reading. So I thought, let's let's pump it up a notch. Like, let's let's do a production, you know? And it just kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, and, you know, the, the support for this is just overwhelming. And I think, you know, so out of this was born the idea. Um, I started my own theater company. It's called Reboot Theater. And the idea is that we would reboot established works. With and, and maybe the old uh, TV animated cartoon reboot? I've never heard of that, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, that joke fell flat then. Please so. continue. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I don't know that joke. But um, the, the idea is that we take established works and we put and we, we do productions with non-traditional casting to see what really makes a difference. And part of my thesis is that, one, maybe it doesn't make a difference. I don't know. And two, if it does, why does it make a difference? I think that 1776 with an all-female cast is just as powerful and tells just as good of a story than with an all-male cast. And I think that contextually, on top of that, you know, why shouldn't we have a room full of women who are all congressmen? Why shouldn't Congress be all women? Why shouldn't it be a diverse set of women? And if that extra little additional conversation piece is had by audiences, I think that's a good thing. And, you know, my goal is not to have a really good all-female production. My goal is to have a really freaking good production, and I don't care who's in it. So that is my, that is my thesis. I'm not sure, you know, I, I don't know that it's going to work for every play, but for now, I, I feel pretty confident about this one. I um, don't want to take... Um too much attention away from 1776, yeah. but what immediately came to mind is that the emotional, romantic, and possessive emotional natures um, in the classic and very psychological Phantom of the Opera mm -hmm. would probably shock modern audiences to a small extent if it were two women fighting over a man named Christian. Sure. That would be... We don't normally think of things in that way. And one of the most interesting things about the characters of 1776 is that they are historical people um, who people have certain ideas about. And the play is unusual enough in that it tries to bring some humanity in them, having with that humanity a dose of the humanity of the feminine persuasion is in itself um, another dose of reality that people um, uh, could stand to take. I Absolutely. Think. Um, I mean, I, if nothing else, I hope that it draws attention to the fact that women are still underrepresented in our government and yeah. still have to fight for legitimacy. You know, I mean, Hillary Clinton is still being asked about her fashion choices. They and only I'm, recently added a bathroom to the house, for God's sake, for women. So they didn't have to go down to the freaking visitor's bathroom. Yeah. No, I so, remember that. Um, <laughs> and, of course, there's also um, the 
women who stood up in the 1990s and says, I'm, I don't care what it says here, I'm wearing pants when I go to my yes. job. You can't freaking tell me that I have to wear a skirt. Precisely. Uh, but on this, and I'm, I'm interested in this, and I, I, I don't know what the answer is going to be, and I'm a little uh, chagrined to wonder, has there, any, has there been any backlash? I assume the first thing someone is going to say is, why is it got to be all women? Are you sexist against men? Fortunately, um, I'm up here in Seattle, um, for those out in Radioland who don't know, and it's pretty liberal around here, I, and the theater community is so open and so willing to take risks, which is why I, I think Seattle theater is, the community up here is, it, it goes with some being of the best in, Seattle, in the country. Building up there on a marsh, you got to take risks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but, uh... I have not gotten any backlash. To me, what That's I, good. at least not from the artist community and the, the circles where I run, I think that the biggest hurdle that people are going to get upset about um, is that we are women playing men. So it's like, yeah, but Ben Franklin wasn't a woman. It's like, you're right. <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> you know what? I mean, plus to you. <laughs> right? So, I mean, and to, my question is, why does that, like, why does that ruin it? You know what I mean? Or do, I mean, yeah. my question is, does it, does that ruin it? I mean, we're not putting. Basically, the the conceit of this production is not that we are making Ben Franklin into a woman. John Adams is not going to be a Jane Adams, and I am not going to be in drag. I mean, I am not going to try and hide the. You know, it's not going to be an illusion where it's like, is that a man? I can't tell. No, like, I'm not going to bound my breasts. I'm not, you know, no one's going to be wearing a fake beard. It's, we are women who happen to be playing men. And I, I'm curious, I'm curious, how many audience members are going to be so, like, baffled by that, that it's going to ruin the show? And I think we are so, this cast is unbelievable. We have an unbelievably incredible uh, music director, an incredible director, you know, our set designer, our light, I mean, we, I have, you know, I'm so fortunate that I have a team of people who are so incredibly talented and are willing to help me with this project that I don't think it's going to matter. And that to me is a beautiful thing because it opens up, you know, especially again, I mentioned like, I'm a character actress, I'm a young I'm character sorry, actress and in musicals, there's not a lot. I apologize. No worries. There are not a lot of us and there's not a lot of roles. And I think that you know, showing audiences like, hey, it's okay to, in, to watch a classic work in a new way. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It's, it's all right. I'm not saying every production of 1776 from here until the end of time has to include, you know, it should always be gender blind or, or color blind. But why not, not occasionally? Because uh, you want to include it. There's something that I've been um, hearing recently about... Um, uh, Entering diversity into different things um, is that a lot of the backlash is, oh, well, you're doing that because you feel like you have to. And that puts a connotation on it, but it sounds like you're doing this not because you have to, but because why the hell not? Yeah, absolutely. Why the hell not? I, you know, like, I think that it's, you know, I, I think it's just a great new way for because a lot of people, you know, 1776 doesn't get done very often. Um, can, can I pause you for yeah. a second, please? Okay. Hold on. I'm sorry. This is going to create a small lull. Definitely, I think that this the show does not get done very often. Um, it is for for the for the diehard fans. It is you know, it's a beloved tradition. I know a lot of people who are now involved in this project um, who grew up every Fourth of July. They the family came together and watched the movie. That sounds like a wonderful tradition, right? I, in fact, I'm kind of sad that I don't. I, one of the reasons why I haven't seen this is I've heard so little about it, and it sounds like it'd be right up my alley. Oh, I wish I had had that family tradition. 
right? Well, you can start one right now. <laughs> you have three months to prepare. Um, Indeed. Um, in fact, we were thinking of um, having you on a bit closer to the date. Sure. But um, um, I want to ask you a bit more about the uh, specifics of the project. Do you, you have specific dates you're going to run? Yes. So um, we are going to run four performances the weekend of um, the weekend before Fourth of July. Wink, wink. Um, June 25th through 28th in 2015, this year of our Lord, or Lady, depending on who you ask. Whose Lord is that? Yes, precisely. Um, <laughs> Lord Fauntleroy. <laughs> yes, in the year of the Lord Fauntleroy. Um, we, started, uh, we started out just renting a small black box at the Seattle Center. Um, Makes sense. Because we thought, all right, like, we don't, you know, like, maybe, like, the 50 of us nerds are into it, but there are 26 people in the cast, so if we cast half of us, we only have 25 confirmed people <laughs> coming to the show. And we didn't, weren't really sure. Like, it's, you know, it, we were very positive, but we didn't want to, you know, like, over uh, overcommit to a huge house. But in the course over the over the last you know six months, like buzz has gotten really strong. I you know there are plenty of people who say like, hey, what are you working on? And I say 1776, and I people I have not met have said, oh my god, you're the one doing all female 1776. So word That's has gotten wonderful. out. Oh, it's, buzz. it's just incredible. So because of that, um, we have a couple different theater companies who are co-sponsoring us. Um, the first one was uh, Twelfth Night Productions, run by my very good friend, Mary Springer. Her company has been around in Seattle for 20 years. And she, she you know, believes in me and believes in this project. And I'm so grateful to her and to Twelfth Night Productions. And they first co-sponsored us. They said, hey, we will get you the rights to the show because you can't, you need to be a theater company in order to do that. Yeah. We'll help you get the rights to the show. They offered us uh, carte blanche to their set props and costume oh, shops wow. for free. Wow. So they said, you know, come on in, use it. That's great. Um, and then we got um, uh, our costumer, who is also going to be playing um, the congressional custodian McNair in the show because um, she's hilarious. Um, <laughs> she, but she's a costumer. She was, you know, she worked in New York on Broadway, costuming, you know, Broadway shows. And this is one of her favorite projects. She is going to be hand making 26 frock coats from scratch by hand for this production for free. Um, this is just for the passion of wanting to do it. Um, they look That's incredible. <laughs> frock uh, coat then. Because that would look amazing. Oh, she we, at, at the end of the show, she says she doesn't want any money, but she will, if the actors want to purchase their coats at the end of the run, then we that can buy them from it. her. And I, oh yeah, a right? production in which you do not for one steal your costume. Right? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> she will hunt you down. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. So there's that. And then um, we also, uh, 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 Seattle Musical Theater, which is the oldest musical theater house in Seattle. Um, they've been around for, this is the, the end of their 37th season. Um, they offer to also co-sponsor and are letting us use their beautiful theater. It's a 350-seat house, and they're letting us use it um, for a profit share instead of charging us rent. So uh, that has cut our costs immensely um, because now we don't have to rent a space um, for the actual show. So between 12 Night Productions and people like Barbara, who are just talented artisans lending the, us their craft, um, and uh, Seattle Musical Theater, this, I mean, this is the little show that could. I mean, <laughs> except yeah. it's a huge show, because again, there's 26 people, and it's period, and we have to somehow build, you know, Independence Hall. But <laughs> um, it's, I am really overwhelmed with the support for this production. Um, now that being said, this is all stuff that we're getting for free that we don't have to pay for, but there are things that we do have to pay for, like the rights to the show, yes. um, you know, any incidentals that we might need for set building. Yes. We have to rent rehearsal space, um, which is not, you know, terribly expensive around here because there's a really incredible organization called um, Theater Puget Sound who um, rents out rehearsal space to theater companies here for... Um, just ten, like 10 bucks an hour, which is great. I mean, that's truly um, a good deal. Um, 
But that does add up. So in order to, you know, offset these costs, we started an Indiegogo campaign, um, which we started at the, we kicked off at the end of January because we did a fundraising cabaret, which was hilarious and so much fun. It was a night of women singing songs intended for men, and it was just delightful. Oh, what did you sing? I sang uh, You Got Trouble which was so much fun. We had um, people sing things from uh, The Secret Garden, from Into the Woods, um, A New Brain, uh, let's see, what else? Uh, Oklahoma, I mean, we, oh, yeah. yeah, it was just a great night, and it, those artists, like, really helped us, and we raised um, about $800 from that performance, um, wow. which, yeah, just, God, it was, like, I, I, it moved me to tears, you know, the support. I'm not surprised that people believe in you, Jasmine. Well, thanks, Jarris. It's and you know I, shucks, <laughs> that just makes me speechless. <laughs> <laughs> so well, it, I mean, all of this money and interest is coming together, but it all focuses on the vision, mm -hmm. almost like the Declaration of Huh? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a scrappy band with a vision and a love. With incredibly rich white men. <laughs> Except no. none of us are incredibly rich white men. Isn't that amazing? Well, hold on, hold on. I know. I do not know this. <laughs> Turn off this mic. I will not <laughs> in any way help a production that is not completely filled with rich white men. Exactly. And that's, I think, what most <laughs> most artists feel that way. I'm pretty sure. You're um, <laughs> telling me that this all-female cast is not played by men. <laughs> Hold the phone. <laughs> Tragic. Um, <laughs> okay, so do you also have to pay for the black box theater? I assume there's rent on that. Uh, no, because we we had well, I think we had uh, the total cost for that was like a thousand bucks or something. It was a little more. I mean, which you know, I, I say that offhandedly, but that's a lot of money. <laughs> Um, yes, yes. And fortunately, um, we were allowed to cancel within 30 days, so I canceled it, and I think they kept like 50 bucks of our deposit, which oh, is fine. Bad. So yeah. like for $50, you know, we upgraded to a new theater, which has more seats in it, um, and hopefully we'll be able to sell, um, because there are more seats, we'll hopefully be able to fill them, and hence, now, you know. I assume you need to pre-sell these tickets in order to gain the space? Uh, no, um, fortunately we don't. Um, I, I will say this in the spirit of full disclosure. Um, I happen to be on the board of Seattle oh. Musical Theater. Oh, oh um, I see how it is. Privilege. <laughs> yes, privilege. Have given you this opportunity. Well, not necessarily. Uh, Seattle Musical Theater, before I was even doing anything with 1776, um, they've done co-productions with other companies so that they could use their theater um, and again, not for free, um, because they, no one can afford that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for like, for, you know, they rent out their theater to, um, for profit and some nonprofit and to some of the smaller guys. Um, last year they did a co-production with a theater company called Balligan where Balligan didn't pay rent, but we had a profit share. Oh. And that's where the idea came from. So I brought it up to the board. I was like, hey, we could do that for my show. Um, I, of course, recused myself from that meeting, that discussion, and that vote. Um, I wasn't even there, so that's Very good. Very wise of you. Yes. But, um, you know, I part of being a producer um, on a musical is using your connections and networking. And, you know, so that's part of my... Part of my job is to, you know, find the right people for the for this project and, you know, call in, you know, ask for things and make it happen. So I'm glad that it worked out. Um, obviously, if it didn't, we would just be at the black box, which would also have been totally fine. So, A little um, crap, but totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> how, uh, how much will tickets cost? Tickets will be uh, $20, and it's general seating. Um, if you buy, so on our Indiegogo campaign, you can pre-buy tickets. Um, Would you like to insert that uh, web address here? Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> or it's, you can send it to us, and we, we can put it as a link. Let's do that because I it's like a because it's like Indiegogo.com slash many things. Yeah, blah 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 blah. blah. Um, I believe if you search Indiegogo for um, all female seventeen seventy six. 
we there's there's no one else doing that. <laughs> Alternatively, if you would like to go to Reboot Theater's website, there is also a button there that will take you directly to the campaign. So if you go to www. Reboot Theater, that's R-E-B-O-O-T-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org. That's www.reboottheater.org. Um, I believe on the homepage there's a button that says Support the Revolution. And then if you click it, it'll take you to the Indiegogo campaign. Should you like to pre-purchase tickets, or if you just want to like throw in 15 bucks and get a poster, um, we're gonna, that's one of the rewards is that we're giving out uh, oh, show posters. Yeah. Um, these posters look like. Paint me a picture. Or better yet, send it to me and I will use it as the, uh, the picture for this episode. Well, we don't have it yet. God <laughs> so, damn it. That's me. Look. Keep I, it together. I know. I'll just send you a black box with a question mark in it <laughs> yeah what's this black box which, hey it's what they had to work with and yeah, the spirit of being totally i can send you like the really lame posted <laughs> i can send you like the kind of the graphic that i designed for it yeah. i am not a graphic designer <laughs> i still well, need to find a person and things i didn't know about you you say you're not a graphic designer i am not i you know i know what photoshop is and how to open it um, and which will be very apparent when you see the photo that I send to you. <laughs> um, can you imagine us putting for this, like the most insulting sort of just a, a big brother uh, type swash of George Washington's face with overdone like makeup like they did in uh, 1970s um, um, add-on posters? Um, <laughs> Just with the most sort of like lady five, the founding fathers. I know. I, actually, it's funny. I was thinking, I'm like, oh God, I bet there is a version of this out there somewhere that's like, well, actually, you know what? I, the first thing I thought of um, is um, the cover of Monstrous Regiment. Oh, oh my God, yes. Right? That was the first thing I thought of. I It, it wasn't, it's not, again, it's not quite right for this because, again, my point is not that the founding fathers are women. It's like, no, they're not women. They were, they were men. <laughs> we all this agree. This is an intricate message that has yeah. multiple uh, aspects to it. Totally. And it's not and just if then. Exactly. So I, I didn't want to go that way, although that was my first thought, um, was to use that cover. I was like, that's awesome. Would have been nice. Um, Probably difficult to get. Also, a reference that you, I, and maybe 50 other people would have gotten in that. Situation. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Yay! Clacks. Um, it's funny you should mention that, though. Uh, the... A moment of silence here for uh, Sir Pratchett. The um, day he died, I was visiting with a friend, um, and she brought up that Monstrous Regiment was the only book of his she has ever read and has convinced her that he is one of her favorite authors. Oh, it's it's such a good one. I, I love that. You know, it's funny, um, on a complete another tangent. Yeah, uh, the, those of you who don't know, uh, in fact, maybe we should talk about this in case people are uh, interested in the human side of it, of how we became friends. But Jasmine yeah. uh, is a friend of mine that we connect with on many levels, but uh, most purely uh, for a mutual love for Discworld and Terry Pratchett books. Mm -hmm. You were saying. True. Um, I feel like sometimes with Terry Pratchett's um, non, I don't even know how to say it, like non-storyline books, like books that aren't necessarily about the watch or about yeah. the witches or about Rincewind. Yeah. Sometimes like, because I'm a creature of habit, I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> but what am I going to do? Like, I don't know these people. And there is a cameo of Vimes in Monstrous Regiment. Um, which was good, although was not as great as the cameo he had in, uh, um, I believe. In the truth, yeah. Uh, seeing vines from yeah. outside of vines, yes, I thought that was very freaking terrifying. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, I thought that was really <laughs> brilliantly done. Um, so yeah, so uh, Monstrous Regiment was one of those books that I just thought, like, man, like this is a solid standalone. You know, well, it's yeah. it was so well done. Um, yeah, I it is absolutely one of my favorites. Um, so I think about it a lot. Too. And the way that it talks about war, really um, very unusual for fantasy novels. Yes. Um, also, for those who have no idea what we're talking about, Monstrous Regiment is a book um, which, you know, it's not like 
Pratchett invented this idea. Um, no, he took it from he, English culture sure, and Chinese culture. Um, but the idea is um, there's a peasant girl who dresses as a boy and joins the army, and it follows her journey. And what she discovers, um, and I won't spoil the whole thing, but she discovers that she perhaps may not be alone in her little regiment. Um, (laughs) Um, and and there's a lot of incredible talk about, um, sex and the relationship between the sexes and the way that women are viewed, uh, as opposed to the way women must really act in order to, uh, get by in the world. It's an incredible book. It's also incredibly funny, um, especially the surprising, um, Let's just say there are some modern war references in there that took me by surprise and were freaking wonderful. Yeah, it's it's truly a good book, but that is why it ties in is because there are women dressed as men, um, yes. and that seems to be a thing. Actually, one you know, okay, tied into another book. This kind of is like a thing for me. Um, <laughs> uh, really, what, my female fa- empowerment through taking on the roles traditionally denied to them by men by acting as men why would that be interesting yeah uh i'm yeah. totally freaking into that uh a few years after i saw 1776 and the movie and thought man like this is a great musical that i could never be in <laughs> so i thought um i started reading a series called the lioness quartet by tamara pierce which is also oh, about a girl who dresses as a boy to become a knight and yes. that's a thing for me i just you know like the joan of arcs man Oh, yeah. They are my jam. The Linus Quartet is so incredible. I wish I had finished it, but the book didn't belong to me. Um, Oh, my God. I I think I still have one of your... um, uh, One, if not both, of your um, trickster books. Because I I think I have four different set of trickster books. (laughs) Because after you lent them to me, I bought my own copy. I have Trickster's Choice. I'm looking at it right now. Okay, then um, I have your tricksters queen. Yeah, um, which is fine because I'm. It's yeah. She's also one of my favorite authors of all time, and she. She's amazing. Yeah, um, it's funny. So Terry Pratchett and Tamara Pierce are both like pretty much my icons, and Tamara Pierce is the author that I think I could achieve to be if I was a little more. Like she's the author. Like if I know that I could write. In that world, in like, you know, fantasy with magic and knights and dragons and immortals and that whole thing. Like, that is something that I feel like I I am capable of doing. And Pratchett, I just do not have a modicum of the intelligence and wit and brilliance that he has. So it's like not tangible role model versus tangible. No, (laughs) I I understand what you you mean. I think the world average IQ went down a few points when he shuffled off. True. Uh, he is, God, what an incredible person. Indeed. Did you know that he uh, had his own sword forged? Yes, to be knighted with? That is yeah, so badass. He was like, I, I can't make my own sword, and it's not legal for me to have a sword, so I'm not going to tell anyone that I have it, but I'm going to bring it to the ceremony. And he made it out of a meteorite yeah, rock. It's that's just, like freaking it's awesome. Bad. God. Oh. He's so cool. Um, so and cool. you've heard about the clack stuff. This yeah. could easily turn. In fact, we should probably get together in a few weeks and just have an all Terry Pratchett uh, oh my conversation. God. Round table can... clued me in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. Um, but we should be wrapping up. So yes. uh, please give us the last things you want people to remember about this uh, incredible show. Um, so yes. So all female 1776. I, I am so grateful for the support that I already have. Um, we still have a little bit to go on our Indiegogo campaign. If you are interested or able to contribute um, financially, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, if you could head to RebootTheater.org um, and click on the link. If nothing else, you can go and see the incredible costumes. There's a couple mock-ups on there and just check us out. And if you can't contribute, if I would ask if you could just spread the word um, cause we're very close to making our goal. Um, and it would just help us immensely. Mostly we would like to be able to pay our artists. Um, that's the biggest cost right now, now that we, um, are starting to get all these other, um, things donated, but I would love to be able to pay actors and designers and our music director and our director. Cause I also am very strongly in favor of paying artists for their work. Um, as a daughter very, of actors. 
Um, Very idealistic of you. Absolutely. Um, and <laughs> even if it's, you know, I can't pay a living wage, but I can pay something and I would really like to. So you'd be supporting, directly supporting um, artist salaries, which I think is a very wonderful thing. Um, we are going up on June 25th through 28th in Seattle at seattlemusicaltheater. Uh, or not .org. We're not going up on the website, just at their theater. If you happen to be in Seattle, I hope you'll come and check us out. And if not, well, you should. <laughs> Is there any way perhaps you can record it and maybe uh, not legally only put it up on the website? That would be interesting. It would be. Um, not legally. legally. Perhaps I can record bits of rehearsal and I could send it to you guys if you guys want to hear. Like, oh, that snippets. would be cool. That would um, also make an excellent um, stretch goal or, uh, or um, uh, add-on. Um, so, but, uh, yes. Thank you, Jasmine, so much for Yeah, coming. thank you guys for letting me talk for a long time. <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, we're, I'm really excited about this project. Mike is too, and we're really glad that you could come on and talk to us. We're going to do a uh, slightly shorter ending because, unfortunately, I really have to go. Um, so please, uh, do you know how we end the podcast? I have no idea. Okay, so uh, one of our viewers, compla listeners, complained that we never um, – salute people or welcome people to the show so we promised that we would do it but in um sort of um tricksters uh um wit we do it only at the end excellent um, so uh we're going to say hello and welcome to the ace of geeks podcast in a craze like as if people were just coming in are you ready yeah let's do it all right hello and welcome to the ace of geeks podcast <laughs> thank you uh, you can, if you want to email us, you can find us at a c e o f g e e k s p o d c a s t i n g at gmail.com. We have many more places. Unfortunately, I'm going to ask that Mike add them. I really must go. Oh my God, it's me! Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Ace of Geeks. You can find us on Facebook at the Ace of Geeks Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Ace of Geeks. We're on Google Plus at the Ace of Geeks. And as always, check out our blog, aceofgeeks.blogspot.com, and our website, aceofgeekspodcast.com. And if you want to uh, uh, listen to some awesome audiobooks for low, low prices and get a free trial, go to audible.com slash audibletrial.com slash aceofgeeks. Thanks for listening. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.